During the last three broadcasts, we've been talking about how to motivate lethargic Christians to action. We don't grow a problem. Our churches are filled with people who show a great zeal when they become converted to the Christian faith, who are deeply interested in growing, who have, as Revelation calls it, that first love, but then suddenly they seem to cool off. They settle down into their pews and they become routine Christians like all those around them. The interest in growth disappears. The concern for change evaporates. And there they are, part of everything, growing minimally, if at all, and we wonder what has happened. We've been exploring through Matthew 28 and the Great Commission some of the reasons why that occurs. Certainly what we've been saying doesn't take into consideration everything that happens but it concerns some of the matters that Christians are facing. For example, in this passage, Jesus tells us to make disciples of all nations or from all nations. We saw that this means that the church itself is part of it, but they are to be taught to observe or to keep or to do all that Jesus Christ commanded. That means that there must be a change in one's way of life or a change in his living styles or patterns once he becomes a Christian. You see, when a person trusts in Jesus Christ and he is forgiven, that's not an end only. It certainly is an end to holding him guilty of those things for which he uh, has been uh, condemned and about which he has been forgiven by God. But it's also the beginning of a new relationship. Forgiveness is always a watershed. Water runs down both sides of the mountain. And part of the water of forgiveness runs down uh, into the forgetting side where we put into the past all those things that have been done that are wrong. But the other side of forgiveness means that now a new relationship must be developed, a new way of living together. Those who have been in, at odds with one another, and in this case it's God and man, are now uh, friends again. Forgiveness has occurred because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross. And now a whole new way of life has to be developed between God and man. So forgiveness is a beginning. It is not merely an end. And we've got to see that. That the Christian from the very time that he enters the church of Jesus Christ must be instructed in the idea that he must restructure his whole relationship to God. Up until then, he has developed patterns of going on in life as if God didn't exist. Notice, for example, uh, the repentance of which the Bible speaks, that kind of forgiveness that comes from repentance, which always leads to fruit. For instance, in 1 Thessalonians 1.9, we read that the Christians turn from idols to the living God. Forgiveness is not just away from or uh, forgiving something that was wrong, but it is a turning around to all the things that are right. And so when one turns from idols, it's not just enough to turn from idols. He must turn to the living God. That means he turns from service to idols and from thinking about idols and from living a life of idolatry and from living in patterns that are uh, uh, associated with idol worship, to living 
in God-worship terms and God-worship ways and patterns that are associated with this new living God whom he has now come to know. It doesn't mean just turning to him in terms of forgiveness and that's the end of it all. That's the beginning of it all. When people came to John the Baptist and repented of their sins, then John the Baptist in Luke 3, 7 through 14, told them to go back to their old tasks, the soldiers to their jobs, the people to theirs, and so on, the tax collectors to their jobs, but to go back to the old jobs and do them in a new way. For instance, a soldier was told to go back and continue his work as a soldier, but he was no longer to take advantage of the force which he had at his command. He was to be gentle and he was to be just in his relationship with men. The tax collector was told to go back and to continue the rightful duty of collecting taxes, which God has ordained that the state may do, but not to do it in in a way of extorting funds from people by uh, cheating them and by extracting money that was not really demanded of them. They were to go back and be honest tax collectors, which is a very difficult task for anyone in that field. And so the point was that there was to be a change immediately, And John immediately told those people to change. It wasn't something that that, uh, he expected them to know on their own. He told them when they said, what must we now do? They recognized there was a need for something to be different in their lives. And he told them exactly what they must do. They must go back to their lives and their jobs and so on and and do these in an entirely new and different way. The The apostles always taught their new converts much about life. In an early, uh, at an early point, Paul, who was not at Thessalonica very long, taught them many things, and he says again and again, I taught you not to lead an undisciplined life. I taught you by my own example, the way that I worked hard with my own hands, and so on. And, and again and again, we read this kind of thing in the, in the Bible. So what I'm trying to suggest here is that we begin teaching Christians about new ways of living immediately, just teaching him doctrine, but set up a series of counseling sessions with every new convert. Maybe some of the elders or the deacons in the church could be taught how to do this so that the pastor wouldn't be overburdened by this task. But somebody should sit down with every new convert and go over all of the areas of his life and help him to develop what God wants done in those areas. He should teach him how to use his finances. He should teach him how to do his work as a Christian. He should teach him how to live in his home. We'll get into some of those things a little bit more fully in the broadcast to come. But what I'm trying to suggest right now is that it's not enough to have just a course in doctrine. When a new convert comes into the church, we must begin to counsel him about all the changes in his life, in his life patterns, his lifestyles, the habits that he has developed that must be changed. And when we begin to do this and actually do this and develop courses and to begin to work with people quickly during that time of their first love when they're moldable and pliable, we're going to see tremendous difference in their future lives. I don't believe they'll become lethargic quickly and settle down to become average Christians. Help us, Lord, to examine these matters and to really work hard at them in our churches that we may honor Christ, we pray. For his name's sake, amen.